0: Welcome back, guys. This is episode 11 of our Indian Diaspora podcast. Um, this is Shashi, the host today. I'm joined by Vijay and Neeraj as well. Our co-host, Vishwas, is not available today. Uh, but we wanted to pick up on the theme that we had in the last podcast, which is um, you know getting used to the Western culture and what you need to do um, to, to to adapt to it. Now, interestingly, in the UK, this week, we had the Home Secretary, a lady called Suela Bravaman, who ethnically is of Indian origin, make a very interesting statement as part of the uh, Tory party conference, that the empire was a good thing and that um, the military and the legal system and the uh, infrastructure that the empire built was something very valuable and that therefore she doesn't feel apologetic about it um, and that she's very proud of the empire. Now, this is, of course, a very controversial topic, um, because there are people who argue about the uh, the good and the bad of the empire, but for people coming in from what used to be the empire and living in the UK, this is a particularly touchy and sensitive issue, because uh, you know we have seen uh, all sides of the empire. You know we have seen the infrastructure, but we've also seen the ills of empire much more. And so the question for all of us, you know, whether you're living in the UK or indeed in the US, the question for all of us is: to what extent can you adapt? To the new narrative uh, of the country that you've adopted, without having to give up the identity of the country that you grew up in, and the experiences that you bring with it. So that I think is the theme that we want to explore today. Uh, to start it off, let me start with Vijay. So Vijay, you know, you've lived in the U.S. for nearly thirty years. Um, you came from, um, you know, an armed background yourself. How has it felt like to you?
1: Yeah, this is a this is an interesting topic because uh, thirty years is a long time, and uh, at some point you start reaching a tipping point where you you sort of wonder what is home, what what was normal and natural to you in terms of your values and culture, and I think a lot of mixing happens, and you reach a very interesting state where uh, you've tried to adopt the best of both worlds, hopefully, and and you get to a different place. So it's uh, it was an interesting journey come to the U.S. I really didn't know more, what, much what to expect when I came here as a grad student. You know, I didn't, as we talked about in the last episode, didn't really know a lot about the U.S. except for what we saw on TV, et cetera, or, or in movies. And uh, the general expectation was that um, it would be very different. And the West is something that uh, looks very, very different from India. So that was my starting point coming in. Now, if you look historically, uh, the US, the way it was settled, some of this, a lot of people who immigrated here, uh, you know, they were obviously an indigenous population, but a lot of people who came here from Europe and other parts of the world, uh, especially the explorers, they were usually running away from something because they wanted a better life or they were exploring and they were looking for a place where they could go and, and uh, uh, you know, do something new and, and create their fortunes. And that I think has imbued the people here with this very strong, fierce sense of individualism. Uh, a lot of what we don't understand sometimes coming from India when we see some of the laws or some of the amendments to the constitution, the right to carry guns, etc. It's just very alien because uh, nobody carried a gun in India. You had to do a lot of work to even get a permit. Right? My dad was in the army; he had a standard issue that he could have. But the general private population, you know, there are parts of India where people have guns, but generally this is a much more regulated idea. And sort of understanding uh, what is in the psyche of the people I was interacting with in the US and understanding where they come from, that's taken many years. And actually, uh, I've spent a lot of time uh, reading up the history to understand uh, what's different, uh, about how this country has come about. And you know, from a history perspective, like India, you know, we talk about 5,000 years of history, et cetera, uh, here. You know, if you do not count and, you know, just if you just count the experiences of the people who came here in the last few centuries, the history is not that old, uh, but it's very, very different. Uh, And uh, I think that has been something that has helped me sort of reading about the history has helped me understand some of the psyche. So when I I I think in the last episode, I said, you know, when I came here, I felt everything was very liberal and very loose. But what I discovered after coming here was um, a lot of people here are actually very very conservative um you know a lot of uh, focus on you know respect for elders family values kind of things which you uh you know I, that's not what i was expecting when i when i came to the us and i started realizing that uh there is a lot of uh variety even of, in thinking here and to some extent i started get started wondering where do i stand right so uh from a values perspective you said i was you know i, I was an army kid i was you know, raised by fairly liberal parents and in general uh, perspective i tend to be very liberal i you know live and let live um you know, some people that i've met in my neighborhood said hell that makes you a libertarian right uh do what you need to do and uh, keep everything else out of it and let everybody do what they need to do uh from a fiscal side or from generally sort of um uh, uh, thinking about sort of money or thinking about family values, et cetera, I feel I'm fairly conservative. right? I, I expect some of these uh, ways in which we lived our life in India to carry on with you know my kids here. And sometimes I feel also like, uh, uh, I've talked about this, I think uh, recently I mentioned this to you, Neeraj, feel like we're in what I call the sandwich generation. So we grew up a certain way. We saw a certain way of life in India. We came here <laughs> in India for 30 years. We've hopefully uh, adopted a bunch of things that we liked here. But a lot of things that we are doing in our own lives and our families reflect a lot of what we saw 30 years ago when we were growing up in India. And when I go back to India, India is changing very fast, too. And sometimes I wonder, like, are we this unique generation in the middle that's a little confused? So those are some of the things I grapple with. But uh, a lot of things were not what I expected when I came here.
0: You know, Vijay, it's very interesting. I mean, I've, um, yeah, as, as you know, I'm a bit of a historian and I do spend some time trying to look at the culture of the indentured labor that went out of India, um, starting in the 1830s all the way to the early part of the 20th century. Um, and many people assume that the culture in places like the Trinidad or Guyana is a reflection of the way India used to be back in the, in the time that they left which is a mistake because their culture has evolved as well. But it's very interesting when you contrast, um, you know, Indians in India and people of Indian origin in these countries to see how the cultures have diverged from each other and how people have had to adapt to their own circumstances and, you know, what values they've kept together, what values they've lost. And although it's not a record of the way India used to be in the past, there are some, some clips and snippets that come out of it that are very interesting. Neeraj... Uh, let me turn to you. Uh, how's your experience been? And you've gone from, um, you know, Virginia to Florida. You know, Florida has its own microculture. How's life been for you?
2: So, as, you know, we discussed a little bit in the previous episode, when I came to Virginia, it's not your typical urban, you know, metropolitan Virginia. Virginia Tech is pretty rural, pretty southern. So, my both the advisor and the lab... Uh, assistant uh, spoke with a very strong southern drone i did not understand a single word and to Vijay's point earlier that's not what we were used to or what that's not our toefl was or gre was so so it was kind of a bit of a surprise but after living there for a couple of years when i kind of decided that you know i'm gonna make us my home uh, it's been uh, i'd been only here for two and a half years Though I was missing the family, feeling lonely, there was a strong friend's support. Virginia Tech had a good Indian population, and some of them were actually from Adi Kharagpur. So kind of had a little family away from family. Uh, But over the time, I pretty much decided USA is going to be my home. What that meant was that there are things that I need to adapt and need to change. And it's and it's not simply diet or look or anything. It's also about how you think about living in a foreign country. So for me, um, it wasn't a huge change, but it was a, a mental switch saying this is going to be my home, right? And when you make that decision, whether you're moving from Rajasthan to Bengal or Bihar to Tamil Nadu, I think you have the same same switch as you're moving to US. Now, good for me that I always lived and in parts of the country that tend to be more conservative than say New York City or California. And I found a good mix of both uh, liberals and conservatives, red or blues or whatever you wanna call. Uh, but one thing was, yeah, people ask me, did you ever get, feel you know, did you ever feel discriminated? And those are one off incidences here and there, but in general, both the cities, both the states, the population has been very, very nice. Uh, actually I actually had more fun in Richmond. Uh, the ten years I stayed in Richmond because it's a good mix of urban and rural. So, and uh, one of the things that happened was that when we, even in Virginia Tech, when I met some you know kids who were uh, second generation Indians, there was actually a different in attitude towards life and everything um but at the same time i found they were actually more indians than i was they were more religious more culturally oriented or aware of india than i was so that was kind of a bit of a surprise and uh, uh, two months back or actually not two months back back in april and may i wrote an article in a local newspaper about abcd the acronym that goes with the children over here uh, american bond confused they see but what i've found is that yes if i were to Think about us as my new home. I have to change my thought process and my thinking about uh, the India's own past. I'm not in the strong bucket of you know British. Just did good for India, so I'm not. I don't have any feelings or resentment against them. But at the same time, they left us with some infrastructure, Uh, especially you know although IITs were uh, brainchild of Nehru. But the part of the learning, the education, the English as a medium has enabled us to make a transition into a different world without much um, issues. And I'm not saying that it's true for everyone, but for me, the transition from India to U.S. was not as bad as, frankly, when I went from Rajasthan to Bengal. Uh, so for me, I've been I, as much as I'm thankful for british uh, for this thing not not completely and we talked about that in the in the queen episode too so when i think about america frankly i think about america as my home and uh i and Vijay met actually over the uh, uh few days back and i still think richmond off as my home although i've been living in florida for longer than i've lived in richmond uh it, it's just that uh, I've kind of adapted to the new country and I've kind of adapted to the values of uh, uh, the place I live and that doesn't mean I've abandoned uh, the whole India thing we were we went to Garbhai last night we are going to go to Garbhai again today uh, we have uh, multiple Diwali events happening and I'm going to be attending at least two Diwali dinners here so that doesn't mean that I've abandoned the fun the culture of India but I'm kind of adapted more to the American culture
0: now. It's kind of interesting to hear you say that, uh, Neeraj, because, um, you you know, the fact that you associate home with Richmond um, tells you something about the the fact that you had some formative memories in Richmond rather than in Florida. Um, But that's interesting, very interesting to hear. I think there is a difference between moving to the U.S. and moving to the U.K. in that the legacy of empire Um, you know, just bears very heavily on anyone moving to the UK. And, you know, I'm not the first by any means. There are millions of people who've moved here from India uh, and from, you know, other parts of the empire. But I think that is a real challenge. You know, we know, you know, in our own WhatsApp groups and everywhere else, the constant um, jokes and ribbing, but also some serious debate about the loot of empire and all that. And, you know, how can you, you know, how can you have allegiance to the monarchy or the queen or the country or whatever when you know what the history is? And I think that's a, very difficult thing to get used to. But Vijay, can I just go back to you, um, you know, this question about, you know, how liberal or conservative we were in India versus how liberal or conservative the US is. Um, is it the case, do you think, that, you know, our definition of liberal or conservative was just different from the one that the US has? You know, that spectrum, is it the same or is it something different?
1: Oh, I'm certain that uh, the scales are, you know, the sliding scale is quite different, Shashi, in the sense that I think what is considered potentially liberal in India might still be considered conservative, at least when we were growing up, right? So there are definitely uh, not the same, we may may not be operating on the same section of the scale. But I think generically, I feel, uh, at least on the uh, conservative side, so the liberal side, you know, uh, I've got exposed to a lot of things on the liberal side and progressive side, Uh, after coming to the US, and some of it is evolving very fast, but that side has been uh, what I considered liberal when I was growing up. There's much, much more to it uh, after coming to the US. And it's been growth for me, actually, because uh, I I really, you know, I think of myself as somebody who wants to make sure that my uh, specific uh, thinking about something does not impact the way somebody else gets to live. So that has been huge growth for me. Conservatism is, interesting. I see a lot of parallels, actually, in some of the uh, conservative values and philosophies I see uh, over here. Uh, You know, Definitely, uh, maybe Northeast, I see it in some parts of the Northeast, but uh, as you go South, and uh, you start sort of mingling with people there, and that's been mostly through travel for me. I didn't ever live for long durations in the South. But whenever I did go to Southern parts of the US, I felt a lot more of that uh, you know, the way in India, you feel like uh, the relationships between uh, you know friends who live next door or families, it's much more like you can just walk in. It feels like it's like that. You can walk in anytime and everybody's like one big family and everybody's sort of watching out for each other and can scold each other's kids. I felt uh, a little bit more of that sensation when I went to the southern parts of the country. Uh, but generally, if you just talk about base family values, you know, uh, being respectful uh, and things of that nature, which you know we want our kids to not forget. I see a lot of parallels here. Now, one thing I want to uh, uh, touch on, which I think uh, Neeraj you mentioned, because uh, there's another piece of the culture, which is just, uh, to me, it's like identity, right? So you said Virginia feels like home, Connecticut feels like home to me, and it became very clear to me when I went for three years with my family, when all of us went to Bangalore for an assignment, Uh, amazing three years, uh, wouldn't trade it for anything, but when I used to come home every year for my summer two weeks, I felt like, yeah, I'm back home. And when we came back finally, it felt like, yeah, we were back home. So that, as I said, there was a tipping point somewhere where that happened. And uh, this feels like home now. But I think for the next generation, the challenge, you mentioned ABCD, right? So we are not doing all the things that we probably would have been doing if we were living, you know, we had never left India and we're living in a, in a community in India. I think we have done a lot of, I guess, picking and choosing the things that really matter to us and the things we feel like, okay, we can de-emphasize in our lives. Some of it is on the religious side. Some of it, it might be on the cultural side. But uh, my wife and I talk about it quite a bit about for the next generation, that can be difficult because at some point, uh, you kind of want to know who you are and what you're leaning on. And I think the social side of the house sort of makes that happen. It's very important. So we do we do uh, have a very close-knit group of uh, friends and we celebrate some of the major festivals together. And these people, you know, they're like family. We get together for all sorts of occasions. And that is sort of the social construct in which our kids uh, reside and lean on as sort of their identity. But I also feel like within that, we are a little bit to one end of the spectrum in terms of our the values that we have chosen. So it can, I feel like it can be difficult for the next generation to find their footing. So I guess Neeraj and uh, Shashi, you're in the UK. How have you guys contended with that? And have you seen some challenges there? Like the kids wondering sort of who exactly they are and uh, feeling comfortable with, they know their identity as, you know, we've sort of decided to come here and now drop uh, them into a, a place where we drive some of our values, and they also imbibe from the community around them.
2: So, so let me add to that. So Vijay, as I mentioned, you know, Richmond feels home for a couple of reasons. Um, <clears throat> that when I was in Virginia Tech, I was a single student, right? There was a whole set of friends, but not set of family. So, and plus, you always jumped around apartment to apartment. Every two years, you switched to your apartment. So the apartment and having a group of friends did not really make sense, like in a, in a in a family way. When I moved to Richmond, I got married within a couple of years of moving to Richmond, bought a home. Both my kids were born there, so so that also brings that nostalgia, that connection. Where when I drive by through Richmond and I'm driving on ninety five and sixty four and passing my exit, I'm like, yep, yeah, this is where I I you know I started my family. So that's why Richmond kind of feels home. But when we moved to Florida, my kids were pretty young, four and six. Uh, They had really good friends that they used to go to the preschool with them. But when they came here and they started making friends over here, we live in a very diverse uh, neighborhood. Uh, We have a lot of Indians, people African-Americans, a lot of Jewish community, people from other parts of the world too. And as much as they got exposed to a lot of Indians here, their friend group tends rarely has an Indian and some some of that is by choice some of that is by default in terms of the classes they take the schools they go to or the activities they do Uh, for example my son is heavily into baseball uh, but most Indian kids tend to be playing soccer and, and, and basketball my daughter is in cheerleading there tend to be not many Indian kids around her either so for them when we keep asking them they understand the difference between now between the Indian and American Heritage. Uh, they understand the difference between Hinduism and J- Judaism and Christianity because my daughter has gone to multiple bar mitzvahs and they celebrate. My son celebrates Christmas with another family. <clears throat> so that said, they're pretty clear. They're pretty clear that hey, you might be from India, Dad and Mom, but we are Americans. We we live here. We roam around. You know, hang out with our friends that are more Americans. And even the Indian kids, in the sense that the kids whose parents are Indian origin, they tend to be more American too. So from my children's side, I'm pretty sad that they've chosen the American way. Okay. Now, when we go to India, they thoroughly enjoy India too. But they realize the home is back here. For my kids, actually, the house I currently live in, the place I live in, the community I live in is their home right now. Now, once they go to college and whatever happens in the future, that's different. But as of now, uh, they have decided this is it. This, this is our identity, this is our place, and this is our group. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah so I think, Niraj, you know, and, and I agree with you entirely, neeraj I think the issue that we have is that if we try imposing our view of what the world should look like uh, with the set of experiences that, that we grew up with, but they are getting a very different set of experiences, then I think it's being very unreasonable to have that expectation. Uh, And again, if you look at immigrant communities that have uh, been in uh, an adopted country for many generations, it is true that people adopt to the new culture, uh, to the new surroundings, and life starts to look very different. And then we should expect no different from our children. But Vijay, can I just go back to something that you said earlier? So you said, you know, the experience of the South is everyone knows everyone. I just want to probe. You know, is that a a function of, um, you know, South versus North in the U.S. or conservative values or liberal values? Or is it the fact that they are they are just closer-knit communities because people have kind of lived there forever, they know each other and all that, which is kind of what you get in smaller towns in India. But the fact is that even in India, the people who've moved from small small towns into larger cities uh, complain about the same thing, about the anonymity and not, not having the same kind of social bonds and the, uh, and the social capital that they would have in a smaller town. How do you think about that? Is that a function of us being in an alien land? Is it a function of um, you know social or conservative values, or is it just a function of the fact that um, larger cities uh, achieve a degree of anonymity where some of those things are not possible?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a fascinating take on that topic, Shashi. And uh, maybe there is a combination of all of them, right? So I I do sense. I mean, there are big cities in the south too, right? I do sense that maybe the the history of what the south was like versus the north. Uh, I mean, the Northeast specifically on the East Coast uh, might be driving some of that. Uh, You know, it's just a matter of, as you said, close-knit communities, but what caused certain types of uh, communities to form more in the South versus the North? I mean, you know, the Northeast is very uh, industrialized. It's uh, a lot of big cities, very fast moving. Maybe culturally, in terms of their priorities and expectations, uh, things were a little different compared to how things were in the South. I haven't delved too much into that to really understand it. And I do agree that as you move from uh, rural areas to urban areas, definitely there is a shift, right? But I also feel like there is some shift in attitudes and thinking as you uh, sort of migrate from, uh, I guess, the the East Coast and the West Coast, uh, where a lot of the big cities are and things are very fast, versus when you go a little bit further inside the country or down South, it does it does seem to feel different. And I think the other point that uh, was made about spending time in one place. I completely agree, right? So uh, I, maybe because I grew up as an army kid and we were moving every three years to a completely new location in India, uh, I never really maybe laid down roots too deeply in one place. And I got used to making new friends and making new connections and starting from scratch. uh, It was like a clock every three years. Uh, Whereas Uh, here, after coming here in Connecticut, you know, after I finished grad school, I've been pretty much in Connecticut since then. Uh, Spent a lot of time here, uh, built these really strong relationships. I think Neeraj, you mentioned this idea of uh, all starting out as bachelors. Maybe that story is very common because that's exactly how uh, our journey of uh, building a friend circle and very close community of friends started. We were all bachelors, and then we all progressively got married, and then we all had kids, and all these kids grew up together, and they all think of each other as siblings. So, that is different from me for me compared to how I grew up uh, in, in India, and it has been uh, sort of a revelation as to what that does, uh, and and also the idea of you know you don't <laughs> now when we think about do we want to move? It's like probably not because this is this is kind of really important as an anchoring for everybody, uh, especially our kids. And I, I, I agree. I mean, my kids are growing up as Americans. Uh, we are just trying to figure out sort of you know in the end. Uh, what are the few things from our Indian culture that they, they carry forward with them because those are the things I think will hold them in good stead in general.
0: That's that's great Vijay. Uh, Neeraj, can I ask you a specific question which is that uh, you're quite active in your community in Florida. Uh, how would you compare the level of activity and the social capital that you build there with the sort of social capital that you had living in Alvar in India?
2: um entirely different so so when i was living in elwar remember that's my high school days right in high school you're more engaged with your with your friends and school activities rather than with your uncles and aunties and and your neighbors so for me um, and i was always socially active i'm very extrovert and you guys have noticed that so so kgp was actually the actually for me khadakpur was the reverse of what i am generally so, so one thing I would say is that in India, while I was socially active, it was mostly around, you know, the, the things that were driven by others. So, meaning that, you know, if our mohalla had a uh, jagrata, I would be part of it. If our school had a sports meet, I would be part of it. But after coming to U.S., a bit of that was that way. I started actually taking these initiatives from my side and not because that's what I wanted to do, because I was noticing nobody else was doing it and I needed to kind of step in that way. But one thing I would say is, uh, which I mentioned in one of the previous episodes, if I had lived in India, I would have been probably uh, more conservative, right? Um, I grew up in a very tight family we were not very overly religious but we were not allowed to do certain things we were not allowed to partake in certain activities um, uh, but coming to us uh, actually going to Kharagpur gave that little bit of freedom where you know every older kid in the family wants and that's not that's got nothing to do with the diversity or being indian that that was just simply hey getting away from from family and meeting a diverse group of people whether they were Bengalis, Biharis, tamils Telugus, or whatever, opened up the eyes saying, "Okay, the world is more than Punjabis and Rajasthani's." So, so what I would say is that if I had continued to stay in India, I would have different, definitely different personality, and I have reflected on it many, many times. Um, coming to US, I've become a little bit more liberal, a little bit more open to the ideas, a little bit more open to doing things that I think I would not have done in India, to be honest. Uh, And and that's the reason uh, I've not imposed any sort of Indianism on my kids. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but let them figure it out. Let them do what they want to do. Because ultimately, nothing is better teacher than a failure, right? If they succeed, awesome. If they fail, they know what they did wrong. So in terms of that, uh, I've kind of let the kids be what they want to be. Uh, and in terms of my own behavior, I'm glad in a way that I'm here. Hashi. That's all I can say.
0: Yeah, great. So, so, So look, guys, I'm going to make two observations and I want to see if either of you want to react to it. One is that in the US, if you look at the red states versus blue states map, it's actually not so much a red state versus blue state map, but the fact that cities are blue and everywhere else is red. And that, I think, tells you something about the divides that Vijay, you were talking about in Neeraj as well. And I think the second observation that I'd make is, to your point, Neeraj, about, you know, would you have been more liberal or not if you lived in India? I think one of the big differences is that we all come from communities that, for want of any other description, was privileged in India. You know, we were all, uh, you know, upper caste, privileged, you know, money, etc. I mean, you know, I'm not saying that we were wealthy or anything of that kind, but we never saw the underbelly of India. And the difference is that, you know, we come into the Western world where we are minorities and there's a whole power structure and privilege structure that we were not part of and we've got to work our way up into it. And that forces you to think very differently. Uh, So two observations. Uh, Do either of you want to offer a view to see if you agree with me or not?
1: I think there's definitely truth in what you're saying, Shashi. Uh, The whole, uh, it's really interesting when you sort of, hone in or blue versus red, et cetera, in the country, there's definitely a very strong urban-rural divide. And you're right. I mean, that's a, that maybe also indicates uh, sort of who goes where, what priorities they place, uh, and things of that nature. We can, we can spend a lot of time talking about this. Let me talk about the other piece that you mentioned, which was really uh, about us being minorities and having to contend with something different. So, Interestingly i guess one way to look at it also is that uh i mentioned sort of this independent mindedness of the waves of immigrants who came to the us uh, you know many decades and centuries ago for, to find their fortune we are kind of in that very latest wave right and uh all of us sort of did what we did because we also had a little bit of that independent streak and some willingness or desire to explore the unknown otherwise we wouldn't have made the decisions uh, we would we we made right so and that automatically comes with challenges of assimilation, et cetera. Now, you know, even though you might say we are minorities, I can say confidently that our experience has been very, very different from those of uh, those of people who maybe came 20 years before us, when things were, you know, there were very few uh, of of the Indian community at the time. I have friends here who, uh, you know, are of Indian descent who grew up here, who, whose parents came here probably 20 years before before we uh, came here, and. Their experiences were much, much harder. I think today there is a very thriving Indian community, uh, much better understanding of what makes us tick, much more uh, inclusive, in, at least in the places that I, I have lived. And it has probably not been such a struggle. So in that sense, uh, it has been a, a very positive experience. I, I think you uh, mentioned uh, having faced discrimination. I The only one occasion I had where somebody said something to me was right after 9-11. We were out in New Hampshire. And, at a gas station and somebody pulled up their vehicle and kind of told me to get out of the country or something. And you know it was just a knee-jerk reaction at the time of people. Uh but in general I have not faced that. And it has been uh, it has been actually a very positive experience, especially if you come in as somebody who's qualified and who's, you know, working and contributing to the economy, etc. Uh so yeah, I think uh in the end, I think we are minorities, but it has not felt that way. At least I have felt fairly equal and I have felt like I have a place and I have the ability to Pursue what I want, and I have the freedom to do it.
2: And, and I will add slightly to that. So yeah, Shashi, your observation about you know the America is blue dots in a, in a sea of red, right? There's not clear red big areas and blue big areas. It's it's a red sea with blue dots. But that hasn't impacted in the way I've you know worked in the US or lived in the US. But to Vijay's point yeah, discrimination, yeah, random, you know, people on the street and the airport. uh, I I would put them in a category of uh, ignorant rather than uh, racist, to be honest, uh, that they don't know much about. So so I'm not worried about that. But one thing is clear that, you know, I would not say that all the Indians have had easy life in building their uh, regular life in the US, right? We come from sort of a an educational background that gave us an edge that gave us a head start over most indians that came to the us so so in terms of getting a good college scholarship good job uh, rising up to the corporate culture in the you know middle management to the senior management uh, it's not like it was struggle free but it was not as bad as i've noticed some other indians trying to make it to the top echelon of their management or company so So there's a whole variety of, uh, uh, there's a whole, you know, uh, sort of a, uh, if you draw a binomial diagram or there's a distribution where some people had it easy and made it to the top, uh, capital one. And you look at the CEOs right now, uh, so many prominent CEOs of Indian background. But then there's another tail on the left side where some of the guys are still struggling, trying to make their ends meet. And you recently saw the news about a family in California, right? So there's all sort of spectrum uh, for Indians. For me, uh, yes, I would say it wasn't as hard as it was for most of the pe- people I saw and met in my life. And I'm talking specifically Indians that, that have been here. But at the same time, I meet Indians that are far, far, uh, you know, doing well in their professional life out here. So, so there's a whole uh, whole range of it.
0: There's a whole spectrum. There is a whole spectrum of people who have done incredibly well. And I think, Niraj, your observation that, you know, we came with a head start with good education and good life chances. You know, that's not been true of everyone. Uh, So let's, I mean, I think let's finish the show, but I'll leave the show hanging on one thing and we'll come back to it at some other point uh, in a future show. Uh, And this point about, you know, red versus blue and all that stuff that we've talked about today, how willing would you have been to um, start off and make your life in rural Alabama, for example, as opposed to an urban area. Uh, And so, you know, uh, let's leave that as a thought for today. Uh, We'll come back and explore it another time, because that is a topic in itself. Because there are pioneers from India who have done that. And I think exploring some of their stories would be very useful on a future show. Uh, Hey, Shashi,
1: before before you, I want to say one thing to that.
0: Sure. I
1: had no clue, Shashi. I actually applied to the University of Alabama at Tuscaloosa amongst the seven universities that I applied to from from IIT. <laughs> I, had no, I had no idea about the differences in America. If you see the seven schools I applied to, they were all over the place. Their brochures looked really good. I would have landed, if I had joined the University of Alabama, I would have landed there and then my story would have started there. So I think in the end, we all, I do agree, benefited from the fact that we were qualified, we had a strong background. Yeah. We, we started from a position of strength and we would have probably found our way but believe me, in those days I had no clue. All I had was a Peterson's guide in the library that I looked, <laughs> found some pretty looking brochures and applied. <laughs> that is so
0: true. That is so true. I mean, yeah. we, were, we were ignorant like anything. Uh, we were very <laughs> bright but very ignorant. That's a great thought to leave it on Vijay. We'll come back and explore this some other time.
2: Alright, thank you. Thank Shiji. you everyone I yeah.
0: will see you again next All week. Alright,
2: okay. All right. Catch you. Bye.
0: Bye.